Our reading from scripture this week is from Luke chapter 1. In the days of Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once, when he was serving as priest before God, and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside. Then there was appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service had ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Joni. Grace and joy to you this Advent season. I look forward to my first orange every year. So this week, I bought a bag of those little ones at the grocery store now that they're in season, and I packed three in my lunch. I sat down at my desk to peel one, and I checked the news and hopped on social media and responded to a few texts from friends and just kind of spaced out until I remembered, oh yeah, 
my first orange of the season. But when I went to grab it, I noticed not one, not two, but all three orange peels lying on my desk. Now, if you had asked me if I had thought it was possible for a person to peel an orange, divide it into segments, chew it and swallow it, that fruit that's known for being bright, acidic, and juicy, and to have them not notice that that's what they were doing, and then repeat that process two more times, I would have said, of course not, that's impossible. But the evidence on my desk was clear. I had eaten three whole oranges without even noticing. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is a season the church sets aside each year for watching and waiting for God to appear among us. And it seems foolish, right? We all know the Christmas story. We all know that Jesus is going to be born. There's not going to be room at the inn, and so they lay him in a manger. We know the drill. Why do we need to spend four weeks watching and waiting for it to happen again? Well, if we can eat entire oranges without noticing, certainly we can miss God being born into this world. Our ancestors in faith, they knew that this world is filled to the brim with God's presence. But they also knew that we aren't always aware of it, and that becoming aware of God in our midst takes time. Time to be present and notice and wonder. And so our ancestors gave us this gift of time each year, four weeks of Advent, to pause and awaken to the ways that God enters this world. And now, more than ever, we need Advent. It's so noisy out there. We are force-fed a diet of the flashy and fast, bombarded with ads, with breaking news, with images of what our lives ought to look like. Something is begging for our attention or demanding our action at every turn we take. And soon, despite our best intentions, our lives begin to be shaped by the noise by the frantic impulses of the worst parts of our culture, and we just indiscriminately start filling our lives with stuff and people and things on our calendar without knowing why we're doing so, without ever pausing and asking, is this what I need? Is this what the world needs? Is this where God is leading me? Is this making me whole? The noise around us means that it is way too easy for us to not be present to our own lives, 
to become absentee landlords in our own bodies, to become disconnected from God, one another, and our deepest selves. Have you ever left a conversation thinking, we spoke for hours, yet we didn't really say anything? Do you feel like you're busier than ever, but not really doing anything that matters? Do you ever get a whiff of your own dissatisfaction, and rather than sit with it, you'd go ahead and binge on Netflix or ice cream or booze or whatever noisy thing around you takes your attention off the state of your soul? Chances are, each of us has become disconnected from the lives we're leading at some point. And this disconnection writ large has real impacts. We're living through a crisis of despair in our country. Life expectancy is actively decreasing in America as drug overdoses and suicides continue to rise. And of course, each overdose or suicide is complex and can't be explained by any one factor, but certainly we are not helped by a society that makes it so easy for folks to become defeated and so hard for us to connect with each other and ourselves. A society where it can feel like our lives are something that are happening to us, like we're an outside observer to our own selves. And if you've heard something in this bleak section of my sermon that rings true for you, if you feel like you're only skimming the surface of your own life, receive then this gift of Advent. This season is for you. Enter this period of time and space to fall silent and ponder the mystery of what God is doing. Take this time to make room at the inn of your own heart for the God who would be born for you in you. Carve out time these weeks to simply be still. Ask how you might awaken to God's presence. Learn to listen beneath the surface of your life. Reconnect with your deep self and with the God who meets you there. Seek a space apart from the noise this Advent. For what the noise around and within does is drown out the still, small voice of God, whose entrance into this world is humble and quiet. And perhaps the only way we can greet it is through learning to become silent and still too. This is the lesson that Zechariah is taught. We're reading through the first two chapters of Luke's gospel for Advent and Christmas this year, and the whole thing opens with this incident, with the man who will become the father of John the Baptist, a religious man who should be aware that God is a mystery, greeting that unexpected visitation of an angel with a demand for knowledge. 
And the angel silences Zechariah for nine months. And we think it's a show of force, a punishment. But what if it's a gift? What if the angel is giving Zechariah what he needs when he mutes him? I wonder if Zechariah, too, had gotten used to the noise around him and within him. He lives, yes, a faithful and upright life, but perhaps he's let the noise numb him into disconnection from God's presence in the world. And so when God actually shows up, he misses it. He eats the orange without noticing Obviously, Zechariah notices the angel, but the noise has made it so that he cannot receive the blessing the angel has in tow. He brushes right past the promise this angel is bringing him from God. He cannot celebrate his prayers being answered. He is so disconnected that all he wants to know is how this thing works. He asks, well, how will I know that this is so. That is no way to encounter mystery. That's no way to notice how God comes into this world. That's the noise in Zechariah talking. So the angel gives him this gift of a nine-month advent. Nine months of silently watching and waiting for God's promise to him to enter into this world, nine months of letting the silence do its work of reconnecting him to his own life and to God within it. And when Zechariah opens his mouth later this chapter, after the silence, after his son John is born, he's no longer demanding answers. He's praising God savoring the blessings that God has worked in his life. That's what silence does. It prepares us to hear the promise God whispers to each of us, that God is born into this world for us, that the mystery of God is a mystery that involves us. That's what silence teaches us. Luke includes this story of Zechariah's silence at the very beginning of his gospel because in telling it, he's also asking us, when God comes to us, will we notice? We can't assume that God bursting into our world will be obvious. We can't assume it will happen just as we suspect. We can't assume that God will find us in the places where we want God to find us or in the places that we would expect God to appear. And indeed, this is the central thrust, not just of Luke's gospel, but of our whole Christian faith. That God does come to this world, but never, ever as we expect. And we will miss God appearing among us unless we figure out how to keep silence and open ourselves up to getting caught off guard by wonder and mystery. That's what this season is for.
Advent is a time to ready ourselves for the great paradox that God comes to this earth not as a superhero, but as a poor Jewish baby. And then to confess in faith that what happened in that stable filled with nobodies 2,000 years ago on another continent, that that somehow changes the whole world. That because God has entered this world in this peasant woman's son, all creation for all time is now reconciled to God. And that there is no need for us to doubt that God's love has claimed us and surrounded us eternally. Blink and you've missed it. Or see it and don't believe it. Or take the road of faith and fall silent at the mystery of God's presence on earth in Jesus Christ. Learn to stand still before the manger. Let the noise wash away and tune your ears instead to the words of Luke's gospel this year. Become present to this ancient story that is still changing the world. For God did not just come to earth in Bethlehem all those years ago. God is also being born in you. Martin Luther, the great church reformer, wrote this of the Christmas story. He said, See to it that you do not treat the gospel only as history, neither regard it only as an example. Rather, see to it that you make this birth of Jesus your own, and that Christ be born in you. O church, hear the good news. Christ is born in you, and Christ is born to the world around you. God grant you the grace to notice it, the stillness to ponder it, and the silence to savor it. Amen.